get your Bibles out for a few minutes and go to Genesis chapter 12. Is this just a day that we're celebrating a bunch of people that went to Israel? No, that's not what we're doing. What we did was God ordained. Thank y'all. This is a season in America and the church and the world where all eyes need to be focused on Israel. And I want to say this because I'm going to read a scripture to you. Everything that happens in Israel is mirrored by the church. You want to know what's going on in the church in America, you have to watch what's going on in Israel. And I'm going to show you that from the Bible. The Lord laid it on my heart um, about, what, two and a half, three years ago to go to Israel. I, th- I thought that it was just a desire of my heart to go with Lisa. And uh, we weren't even taking Justin and just see the land and to get a better understanding of the places I'm reading about. That was really the only thing that I had in my heart. So I prayed about it, and the Lord opened up a door through Edward Houston. And um, so we planned to go. Right before we went, Mary Fran is in the truck with us, and she says, why aren't you taking Justin? And I said, well, there's no room for Justin. He's not an ordained minister, and, you know, it's maxed out, and we've already got, you know, it's a few days away. And she says, well, Justin's supposed to go. And I'm thinking, well, it don't matter. (laughs) First of all, he's not ordained. He ain't got no money. You know, and so I'm kind of looking at Mary Fran going, it can't happen. And she said, he is going. And I went, okay. So she says, you get on the phone and you call the guy in Israel. And Lisa called him. You got room for one more? And he goes, yep. I went, okay. And so Mary Fran is the one that wrote him a check and paid his way. And Justin's off to Israel with us. Well, that upset the people in Israel because how come you got here in the last few minutes? You know, because they're very, very strict and very tight. Well, my going there, I, I thought that would be it and I would come home. After I went, it, it had a, a, quite an impact on my life, seeing what I saw and um, walking in the same places and getting a geographical understanding of what I'm reading about. Not only that, but I want you to understand something. God is doing something in the world and he wants us to know what he's doing. And all of that is centering around the Middle East right now. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you, and I won't take long because we're going to turn some of these wonderful guys loose. Um, Genesis 12, verse 1, and the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house into the land that I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and in you all of the families of the earth will be blessed. What a powerful statement. There's only two nations in the history of the earth that were started because of a blood covenant. Israel, total blood covenant. For, for Abram to have a son at 100 years of age was impossible, him and Sarah both. But because of the blood of, uh, the blood of Jesus, and I don't have time to explain that right now, uh, 
um, Abram had a son, and the son that he had was not Isaac. The seed was Jesus. Now, you got to know that if you're going to understand New Testament. So out of, out of that, God began a nation. Well, they disobeyed God, and they left. And, and when they rejected the Messiah, then they were dispersed throughout the earth and have been gone for over 2,000 years they've been gone. I'm going to read another scripture to you right now because I want you to see what it is God is doing. In Ezekiel 37, please go over there. I'm going to try to uh, shorten this up. I don't want to read it all this time. Ezekiel 37, and I want you all to read it because it's the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. It's, it's the prophecy about them coming home. So let me, um, 37. Now I'm going to read with verse 1 and then I'm going to jump. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me into the spirit and set me down in the midst of a valley that was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said, prophesy to these bones and say, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I'll put sinew on you and I'll bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath on you and you shall live and you shall know I am the Lord. So he prophesies and the bones come together. And um, verse 11 said, he said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to cause you to come up from your graves and bring you to the land of Israel. And you'll know I am the Lord, and I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. And I'll put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. And you shall know I, the Lord, have spoken it. Wow. 1948, God, the Spirit of God began to breathe on the earth. And the, and the Jews all supernaturally begin to go home. 1948, a nation was born. What happened in America in 1948 in the church? Listen to what I'm about to say to you. Everything that happens with Israel is mirrored by the church. You want to know what's going on in the church? Look at Israel. Keep your eyes on them. In 1948, we had a revival of men like Oral Roberts, and Kenneth Hagin, who rose up and started bringing the church back to God. And a charismatic renewal, a revival broke out in America that caused people to come out of denominations and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we saw masses of denominational people who were dead in religion rise up. We saw it in 1948. 1967, Israel had a six-day war, which was supernatural. While we were over there, we learned about 100 Israeli tanks fighting 1,000 Syrian tanks and beating them. Why? There's a God. And it, see, we're talking supernatural here. We're talking, we're living in Bible times. 1967, they took Jerusalem. When they took Jerusalem, the church again kicked up into the authority of the believer, and we began to walk in who we are in Christ. And favor hit the church, and Abraham's blessings hit us. <laughs> Prosperity started being preached, and God changed 
the church in America. Prosperity hit Israel and prosperity hit the church. Now, since then, Israel has become the eighth most productive nation on the earth. And as of right now, they are independently wealthy and they need no other country. Because they just found, um, not oil, but, but um, natural gas called Leviathan off in the Gulf, and they became independently wealthy. When Israel and, and when Donald Trump, now understand, God's using Donald Trump, whether you agree with him or not. Once Donald Trump hooked up and, and got in this prophecy, those that bless you, I will bless when our head, America, our president, stepped in beside Israel, our economy, bam, changed. And we, America's doing better now than it has in the last 48 years. Why is that? Because God is blessing Israel and we're getting the slopover. And the slopover's not bad. Now, I'm saying all of that because they are the most tech, technologically advanced nation on the earth. All of the technology in your car that you don't like, that's turning your steering wheel, turning lights on, turning lights off for you, and keeping you from hitting the car in front of you is coming out of Israel. All the technology in the F-16 and the Raptors coming out of Israel. Right now, and I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm not picking on people. Um, you remember in the last, when Donald Trump had to take out a terrorist, they shot 10 rockets from Iran over into Iraq to blow up military bases. How many did they hit? They're cavemen. I'm being serious with you. They're not a threat, not a problem. So, it, so the Iron Dome can spot the rockets they're going to fire notify the Israelis a half an hour before they ever fire them and know which ones are going to hit and which ones aren't. Shoot the ones that are going to be damaged and the rest of them let them fall in the desert. Yeah. Now we're talking about technological geniuses. Most of the medical advances that are coming in the earth today are coming through Israel. Are we becoming a beneficiary of that? Yeah. America is. And I said that because I'm going to show you something I'm going to show you why your days as a Christian ahead are good. Amen. It's because of the blood covenant. And, what, and I want you to learn to watch Israel because as God blesses them, he's going to also do the same for the church. Um, Zechariah 14. I'm not going to take long. I, w I can't wait to turn some of these people loose. Uh, and I know they came chomping at the bits. Did y'all enjoy Pastor Cody? You know, one of the things that amazed me when I went over there was how much our young people that went, they impressed me. They are good kids. They, they got it. They got on fire for God. I mean, Cody started preaching. And I went, that's my grandson? I've been praying for that boy. And uh, Chase here tonight and Steve's here. And I was just like, go, Cody, go, go buddy. 
but to watch God, just, just to watch, to, to, for them to grab an understanding of their Bible. Yeah. It just was phenomenal. And I want you to know that even though not everybody in this church went, as a church, we went. Yes, that's true. When I went, we went. And because of our honoring Israel, God is about to honor this church. Mary Fran said, she's never sown money anywhere like when she sows it to Israel. The income that returns. And it started happening in this church. Now you saw a one little picture of me and Justin when, when, when uh, Lisa and the, everybody left and took their 36-hour ride home. Justin and I were laying in a bed sleeping in Tel Aviv. It was 14 hours, but we were up. For up 36. <laughs> we got to go up into the Golan and went on a military base, and we're the first people ever been allowed to go in. And I got to sit. I had to give my band of brothers hat to the um, lieutenant colonel, and uh, he gave me his hat. And we got to talk about Donald Trump, America, and Jesus. Amen. And I'll tell you something. It was quite, quite the deal to know that God had his hand on us. And because we went and because we're honoring Israel, I believe that honor's coming on you. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to prove it to you from the Bible. And then uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16. Now, this is the millennial reign. It shall come to pass that everyone who's left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. This is during the thousand-year reign. And it shall be that whoever of the families of the earth do not come to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. Rain's prosperity, right? If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. And they will receive the plague which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and punishment of all nations who do not come to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now what he's saying is that when Jesus is ruling and reigning on the earth, there's going to be people here that are not Christians. They're not saved. And the church is going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus. And we will not have to be using airplanes anymore. I don't know whether that excites you all or not, but, you know, you get excited one day. See, what do you think God's doing in the church? He's raising up people that are going to rule and reign with Jesus during the millennial reign. You are the bosses. Some of y'all don't look like it right now, but he's not finished with you yet. But he's got great plans for you. But, he, but I want to show you this. Even during the millennial reign, anytime someone chooses not to bless Israel, the prosperity is not there. But anytime someone chooses to bless Israel, God pours out his spirit and his blessing. While we were there, it rained so much that the Sea of Galilee came up three feet. Except, and, and the people that are here right now that went will tell you, we told our tour guide it won't rain while we're here. When did it stop raining? The day we started our tour. When did it start again? The day you left. And our tour guide's going, would you, you know, I said, we'll pray. But it won't rain on us. Come on, don't y'all like to have fun with people? And tell them, I said, just like Elijah talks to rain, I talk to rain. And they're looking at me like I don't have good sense. That's okay, it didn't rain. And so anyway, having said all that, Romans 9, let me show you this and we'll close. I'm gonna close, I'm not gonna close, and we're not gonna close. We got a lot to do. Some of you guys that are wanting to talk, you need to decide which one's first, second, third, and fourth. 
Um, Romans 9, 8, and I want you all to remember this scripture all your life. That is those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Who is Israel? Us. We are. The promise was not made to Isaac. The promise was made to Jesus. So the real Jews, we're it. So I told our tour guide when we were there, I said, this is more home for us than you think. And it was very exciting to be there. It was very exciting to see it. I, I encourage every one of you that have not been, if this church takes another trip, I may or may not go. But somebody will take you. Okay, who's first? Melanie, come on. Bonnie, come on up here. I'm going to give this to you, babe. These, uh, we've asked people to come up and share because the, there's so much happens to you when you walk that land. Amen. So if you responded to my text or my email, just when the last one is speaking, just y'all start making your way up. If you responded, yes, I want to speak. I think Diego was one of them and a, and a few other ones also. Okay, I have three minutes, and I have three short things to say. It was good to be there the first minute that we stepped down in the land of Israel. It just felt good the whole, whole nine to ten days. And just like on uh, the Mount of Trigger, Transfiguration, excuse me, Transfiguration, that Peter, James, and John, you know, with Jesus, they wanted to set up two altars. Well, I didn't set up any physical altars when I stepped down in Israel, but I did, step, I did um, make two spiritual uh, altars. Mm -hmm. And one was to pray more intensely for the nation of Israel. Yeah. And the second one was to pray more in the spirit. Amen. The second thing that I took away from this trip was my time with Lisa, my little sister. And uh, for me, it was a blessing just to watch her pastor, to watch her lead, to watch her exhort, yeah. to watch her preach. Just, it was just beautiful to be a part of that. And the third thing that I took away was, I guess all of it is wonderful to be there. But um, for me, I think it was to see a Galilee. I loved being out there. We went out there, it was calm yes, it when we first went out. And you know, when you have Jesus in the boat, it is calm, isn't it? Yes. And then as we were coming in, um, the wind started to pick up, the waves started to move a little bit, and you could sense really what it was like for the disciples to be in the boat with um, Jesus. But you know, Jesus in the boat, when there's a storm, Amen. it's calm. Amen. And um, so I guess that was um, my three take takeaways. And thank you very much. It was a wonderful trip. I appreciate going. 
All right. Let's go. I want people lined up. Come on. Diego, Chloe, Tiffany, whoever else. Let's just go ahead and line up behind so we know who's next. We can keep the service moving. Melanie, come up behind Diego. I'll start directing if you want me to. Y'all don't jump. I'll start coming to pulling you out. Amen. Thank you. Here you go. Amen, amen. Just pass it on when you're done. All right. Sounds good. I'll try not to take too long. I can't make any promises, okay? Okay, Shante? Yeah. Um, God is good, amen? Amen. Amen. I love that. <laughs> um, I just wanted to uh, go and kind of start off with the end of my trip, actually, when I got home. Um, I wanted to kind of go with what was kind of going on whenever I got back with one of the main questions that I had everybody ask me was, how did you feel? Everybody's, how did you feel? Did you feel different? And uh, I just think about him like, not, not really, no. I mean, like, I'm still me. So it's like, nothing's really changed. I mean, I still love God and everything. I mean, the same as I did. I mean, not that I didn't love God more. I mean, of course, it was amazing to be able to see those stuff and experience it. And I want to talk more about that towards the end. But for me, I was looking back and I'm like, why? Why don't I feel different, God? Like everybody's talking about, you know, how awesome it was and how life changing it was. And he said, because that already happened before you even before you even stepped on the plane, before you even went out there. And what I felt was just blessed. I felt very blessed. Yeah. And I felt that the entire time that I was out there to the time that I got back. And um, I kind of want to just go into that, uh, how thankful I am, and just understanding the importance of humility because of it. Uh, so I just want to um, just thank God. Thank God first, above all else, because he's placed those certain things in my life that were able to make this actually happen. Because this wouldn't have, I know this wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for God. So, yeah, so just amen. Just, I just give him all the glory in my life uh, for all things that happen. But most of all, I just want to thank the people that he's placed in my life for this experience. Um, <laughs> starting off, because this really just started off with a thought, above all else, because, and it wasn't even my thought, because I didn't even think about, like, I thought it would be cool. Like, I was, when they would talk about Israel, I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Sounds like a lot of money. Um, <laughs> don't know if I have that. I don't even know where that's at in my account. It's probably lost somewhere. Um, God hasn't given it to me yet, but um, he told my mom, and my mom was like, that would be so awesome. Diego, you should go. That's an experience of a lifetime, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool, whatever, <laughs> uh, but flash, or, yeah, flash forward to a couple months later. Uh, I just want to be able to thank some of the people that have um, <laughs> that have blessed this trip, including. Uh, yeah, so just want to say thank you. And that just shows to me it's true what Pastor was saying before we even started everything, that um, 
through obedience, through obedience provides prosperity. And I've noticed that in others' lives, and I've noticed that in my own life, too. And I just want to thank all those that have provided to this trip, from, from people that are in this church, to the people that I, go, that I see on a daily basis at my work. And um, I'm trying, trying to man up. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to the old family, to um, old friends, new friends, people that I didn't even know. And it's just whenever, like, because this started before through obedience with God, first off, through my obedience. And through that, and he's shown good works. And then because of it, I've grown in his work and his word. And I've been able to put full faith on him and grow closer with God. And... Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been able to provide over and abundantly to the point to where I not only not have to worry about this trip, I didn't have to worry about the money that was coming from this trip. I didn't have to worry about the money that was in my account because he's provided even more. Just like he was saying, how, what Pastor was saying, whenever he put forward towards the church, he ended up getting more in his account. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I just want to thank God for all that. And thank God for all these people that are in my life. For those that provided through financially or provided through faithfully, you have all pushed towards me and have made me the man, the man that I am today. So, <clears throat> hate getting like this when I'm in front of everybody. I want to be professional, you know. No, but other than that, I just want to go into just saying how awesome Israel was. It was an amazing experience. And for me, it didn't just, it added to the Bible. Being able to learn and being able to first off see these things, but, and you guys got to see just a glimpse of it because the real story is in the, the places themselves and the things that you learn through, your, through the people that has provided to you, such as our tour guide and through our pastors. And so I just want to thank you guys too for all that you do in this church. Um, but yeah, Israel was amazing. It's such a beautiful country. And, you know, it's not said enough that every one of you guys should go. And because it, it adds that much to your, to your Bible and it adds that much to your faith. So I just want to thank you all. And I want to close this short to give everybody else the time. So thank God. Amen. Um, so... I went to Israel a long time ago when I was a kid. It was always my dad's heart. My dad loved Israel, loved it, loved it, loved it. So all of us went as in, um, I mean, I was three times as a kid, last time when I was 12. So when we went back, or let me back up, there was a gentleman that came to our church, and it might have been Huey a long time ago. I, I don't know. But there was some man that came to our church and talked about Israel. And it was, and all I had on me was 25 bucks. It was crazy. But I grabbed that 25 bucks and I remember running out of here and I handed it to that man and I said, this isn't much, but I'm seeding it. My children and I are going to Israel. So that, now, then we fast forward. I'm talking years ago. Then we fast forward. This opportunity came available and I was like, ah, you know, I mean, let's face it. I'm single mom now. I need to make sure that all my ducks are in a row. My finances are straight. You know what I mean? 
and so um, I had gotten some money, but I've really, I'm making sure I'm tithing, but I also am praying, I want to be a good steward. I have to be a good steward. I can't just go on an impulse. I can't just go on a feeling. I want to go to Israel because, guys, I'd travel every day of my life if I could because I'd love to get on a plane and go. Let's just go. So um, anyway, things came about, and, and I really just felt like I was supposed to do it. And so I put the money down, and I said, okay. I talked to Pastor Lisa. I'm like, okay, God, and you guys saw you. So many of you have sewn into us to go, and I'm so thankful and grateful for that. Thank you so much. Um, so we went, and it was, it was an amazing blessing. But this is what it did for me. And I am telling you, and I'm begging you, and I'm pleading with you, Go. Make it a mission in your life to go to that land. Because this time when I went, it changed me. I picked up my dad's mantle there. Because all I can think about since I've been home is, how am I getting back? I've been on the things. I've been looking at flights. I've been looking. How can I get back there? There's, there is such an amazing thing of being there that I can't even begin to put into words for you to get it. I mean, I would run around like right now and just shake each one of you and go, please, go. You got to go. You, you're reading your Bible in 3D. It was different for me. When I came home this time, all of the things, mom, thank you so much for being a disciplinarian. Let me just tell you this. If you're not a disciplinarian, be a disciplinarian with your kids. Because if you don't discipline them, they're not going to be disciplined to read the word. They're not going to be disciplined to listen when they don't feel like it. Because sometimes our guide was giving us a history lesson. And I was like, Ugh. but I thought, no, I'm here to hear. Listen to the man. And you know what? God puts people in our lives that we don't want to listen to. We want to be, eh, I don't like this, I, and complain, shut your mouth. Listen, because people are put in our lives for a reason. And if it weren't for my mom being a disciplinarian, I would have been blowing him off too. Parents, your kids are on your payroll. Church is your, your time. This is Shabbat Shalom for us. And I, the thing, the last part that I want to talk to you about is the Jewish people. That was amazing to me. Shabbat Shalom. What is that? Shabbat Shalom. They closed the city down. Oh, come on. They closed the city down because they honor a, a Savior that's not even here yet for them. And we have that Savior. But we can't even make it to church. We can't even... Uh, Mark Hankins is coming. Oh, I, you know, I'm really tired. They don't give a rip. They are some of the most wealthiest men, and they are some of the most lowliest men. But guess what they do? They shut the city down for two days. And they, they honor. They have such honor. I was so impressed by the honor. Some things are so crazy. I mean, we're in a hotel, and there's a separate elevator. You heard. On Shabbat, which is their... Sabbath. This is our Sabbath. They take it serious. We don't take it serious. We show up if we feel like it. If I don't have a basketball game, I'll be there. If I'm not um, shopping, I'll be there. They don't do that. They shut it down. They're there. They shut everything down. 
But I, I've been so amazed and I've been so by that country because at age 18, they don't go to university. They don't care if you're a football player. They don't care if you're a great ice skater. It doesn't matter. Too bad. Your job, you're serving your country. Two years. Most honorable thing I've ever seen. I would hate to send my children, but you go, you know what? Most honorable thing I've ever seen in my life. And they serve it proudly and honorably. They don't care. They do that, and then they move on with their life. I was like, ah, amazing. But then I go back. We're in our hotel, and they come in, these Jewish people, and it is Shabbat Shalom. We have two elevators. One elevator, they get on the elevator, and you know they're not allowed to push any buttons. They're not allowed to work. And we're like... You know, we're asking all kinds of questions. Can they flush the toilet? I mean, how do they use the key card to get in the room? Because that's where, you know, we're running through all these things like, this is crazy. It's nuts. What are they doing? But I thought to myself, I, oh, also, the men would get on the elevator if, if they happened to get on our elevator, even if it wasn't Shabbat Shalom. And these are the Hasidic Jews, black hats, curls that you would see. They would get on the elevator with us and they would turn their back to us. And some people would say, how rude. But you know what I thought? How respectful of their wives. How respectful of their families. How respectful that they are keeping one thing and one thing only in front of them. Yeah, it's legalistic. But maybe we need to pull back a little bit. Maybe we're too liberal. Maybe we need to fall back under some of that, some of that honorability. Some of that that is so precious. But... That is what I took from Israel. And I promise you, I am going back. Okay, rule number one in life, never go after Melanie. Duly noted. Um, I just can't say enough how blessed I was to go. Um, I am one of these people that I've had faith all my life, ever since I was three and a half. And God delivered me from a trash mouth Um, word has it that I went around smoking the butts of the cigarettes at the parties at three and drank the rest of the beer. Praise God that God intervened in our lives. Um, I don't hold any debt and I had surgery on my foot in July specifically as a leap of faith to go on this trip. My foot was sore up until the day we left. I had not one problem for 10 days, five miles sometimes a day. I have chronic fatigue. When I come home from work, I go straight to bed and I rest all weekend. I did not have one single problem getting up at six, going, 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 going. It was a complete supernatural. I knew that I was supposed to go. I didn't have the money. I said, well, my emergency credit card is going to now be, this is my emergency. Because I had to get away from this world for 10 days. It's been beating me up. Business, the business world is getting brutal. It's getting really bad. And, you know, the world wants to just keep beating you and take more and more and more. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I've had enough. So I took a complete leap of faith. Um, very blessed. God's already paid that debt off, by the way. Um, I thought it was going to come in my tax return, but it came supernaturally. Um, very blessed to bond with my church family. My husband makes fun of me that I don't know anybody's names at church. 
embarrassed to say that. I'm a cheerleader Monday through Friday, sometimes 80 hours a week, so the weekends, I'm just kind of veg. But I bonded so much with my church family. Um, I was saying I was going to adopt Diego. Melanie let me know she's already got that process in the works. And then Rosa let us know she did that a long time ago. And then Cody said, well, I'm adopting Rosa, so how is all of this going to work? (laughs) Very blessed to go to such a good church. The trip was a supernatural trip, and the reason that I know is that my sister-in-law went three weeks earlier. She did not have the experience that we had, all the way down to the fact that it was 90% chance of rain every day. We did have to ask God to let it rain at night, because the Israelis definitely depend on that rain, but I was not getting wet all day. I'm sorry. I'm not a diva, but I wanted to enjoy my trip and not be soaked all day, every day, and it was... And when there are certain people that have gone to heaven and they come home and they say, I can't describe it, that was me for Israel. Um, it, you cannot capture it. The pictures, those are nothing. It is so beautiful. And you can see the hand of God, the greenery, and then in the areas that the hand of God is not, it's brown. It's, it's so surreal. It was like one of those, oh, you know. It was, I cannot explain it. I I felt even bad showing pictures to people when I got home because I'm like, this is not, this is not it. It was like going to heaven for me. Uh, I'll never be the same. I'm encouraging you whether you can or cannot afford it, whether your body tells you that you can or cannot go, do not listen to it. Our seniors... They were motivating me. Rosa, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, you know what? She, made, she did everything. She was running through the entire trip um, up to a, some lady, a couple that was 80, in their 80s on the other tour. And um, they did it. God supernaturally provided. So if it's something that's in your heart at all, if not, just take a leap of faith because you won't regret it. I'll just take a, just a few minutes because um, one thing that really impressed me with the trip that I, for me it was is the young people. Uh, D- where's Diego at? Over there. This guy, every time I turn around, he has this piece of paper out yeah. and he's scrolling. And I said, Diego, what are you doing, dude? I said, you don't have enough paper the way you're scrolling. I said, it's amazing. I told, I told him I was writing the second Dead Scrolls. That's all I was. Just, <laughs> he, he was, I mean, my hat's off to this guy because I tell you what, he scrolled the whole trip. Yeah. Every moment that, that young gentleman right there was scrolling whatever his thoughts was. So I kept looking at him I'm like, man, that's pretty good, Diego. That's really nice. You know, but, you know, Cody, my son, he, it was... It was awesome to watch him. It just, just, you, you know, he's been in this church and he's been under the leadership of Pastor Daryl and Lisa and he took off. And I'm telling you, it was, it was a God job. Cody's been really running through a rough time. You would never know it going on this trip and watching him. He just... He just soared like, like, a, 
an, an eagle. And Justin, you're amazing. What you guys did, and Lisa, I mean, all the work you put together for that trip, that's a lot of hard work. And Daryl, but thank you very much for putting that trip on. I know she was the one that did most of the work. I realize that. But, you know, another person that I have to just say that it was awesome is Betty. Every time I turn around, she was in the front of the lead. Yeah. She was like, dude, where are you going? I'm like, she was ahead of everybody. I'm going, Betty, that's incredible. Where are you at, Betty? There you are. You know, but she, she was a super trooper, you know. But everybody that we went on, I mean, I think there was 28 or 30 of us. 28, 28 of us. And we gelled so amazing. Yes. I mean, we didn't have, there was not one conflict. There was not any problems. We all got along. We all loved each other. We all just, you know, just, you know, when somebody was having a tough time getting up to steps, we all kind of like chipped in and held each other and yes. moved each other to the top at yes. that point. And it was amazing how we just bonded. But thank you, God, for, for that trip. And if you've never been, definitely put it on your bucket list because it's something you'll never regret. Hey, that's true. Well, um, for me and the trip, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain because... Growing up, my grandparents are Jews, and I did not have a desire to go to Israel. And um, Pastor Lisa, they said, oh, we're going to Israel, you know. Yeah, I came to the first meeting, and she started talking. I'm like, I'm going to spend that money to go somewhere. No, I'm not going to be in the sun. I'm not going to get to do my bathing suit. No. So I brushed it off. So I came to prayer one Sunday night, and she said, Tiffany, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? <laughs> I'm always in trouble, so. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, um, you know, I've been praying, and every time I pray, you come up in front of me. I'm like, well, um, I need some forgiveness. Um, I did something, so. She's like, no, I said, she said, you, you know, the Lord keep on telling me you need to go. I'm like, nah. I said, I'll pray about it. I did not pray about it. <laughs> then two months in, she said, Tiffany, I saw you again. I'm like, crap, what did I do again? And it's like, I said, no. I went to prayer and I tell Shirley, I said, Shirley, I don't hear nothing from the Lord to go to Israel, but Pastor Lisa keep on seeing me in Israel. I don't desire to go to Israel. So I was driving home, and I said, Lord, am I supposed to go? You know, if, if I need to go, let me know. And, you know, I went home, and I told my husband about it. And he's like, how much is it? I said, $4,000, you know. And he's like, hmm, you can go. I'm like, no. And... Two days after, my brother called me and he's like, oh, I got some money and you need to get some money. I'm like, like how much? And he said, yeah, around six grand. I'm like, hmm, I can buy the bag I want, shoes I want, the glasses I want, everything that I want. You know I want one of them bag, right? So I'm like, okay. 
My husband's like, oh, you can pay the first payment. I'm like, no, 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 mm-mm. So I came to church, and Miss Jean was out there, and I heard a lot, put down the first payment. I'm like, that's not the Lord. I'm like, okay. So I went over, and I said, you know what? I want to put $500 down. This is like $300 deposit. I'm like, you know, Pastor Lisa is going to be proud of me. I'm putting this down. Then I'm not paying no more. Just collect my money and I'm going to go. So one day I'm home. Then I hear, go and give Pastor Lisa $1,000. I'm like, I have bills. I'm not paying no $1,000. I ended up here paying $1,000. And after that, it was like the money just came just like that. And I paid. The night before I leave, everybody know if I'm going anywhere, I'm packed two weeks before. I wasn't packed. I was unprepared, didn't want to go. When I got there, it was cold. I don't do cold. <laughs> I was the most warm person. I had my jacket on, everything. I was not doing cold. And two days, this man came on the bus and he was talking and I'm like, shut up. And I mean, like you're in ninth grade and you have a physics exam and he was just on you, on you. And I'm like, okay, I got up six o'clock. I don't want to hear you. And as what Melanie said, you try not to listen, but you are listening. You're trying to sleep, but you can't sleep. It's so interesting that you look out the, outside the bus, the windows, and everything is just pretty. It's just so pretty. And you're so captivated by it. And you want to see more and more and more and more. Miss Betty, I'm walking and I'm dying. And Miss Betty's at the front. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, Miss Betty, aren't you tired? She was just going. And I'm dying. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so tired. My, I hurt everywhere. But what happened to me was when we got to Mount Hollyoff, it was, it was like, I'm there and I'm like, I'm not even, all I see is rocks and rocks here and rocks here and rocks everywhere. And I'm like, I'm tired of rocks. You know, I want to see something different. And, you know, we went to the garden and the tombs and everything. And something overtake me that day that I didn't, I, I didn't know what it was. I just start weeping for no reason. And I'm like, okay. Maybe it's the cold, I have runny nose, my, you know, my eyes. But it was something from your gut. It was just pulling at you, you know, and you start, you ju I just start praying and everybody was praying and everything just came alive, you know, to see what, what he did, how he did it. We went to the tomb, nobody was there, nothing. And you're like, he was really in here? You know, there is nothing to show that he's dead and he's not alive. There is something to prove to everybody that they buried him in here, but he's not here. There's no blood stains. There's nothing. And that, that to me only proved that I'm not serving a dead God. I'm serving a true and living God. And people would say, oh, you're just exaggerating or what no when you move to where God wants you to move when you step in what God wants you to step in it's different I had unforgiveness going there when I came home 
and I start praying, I let go a lot of people that I thought I will hate you for the rest of my life. And that wasn't there anymore because start praying, it was different. It was like letting go, you know, putting this aside. What God has done for, the, for Israel, he can do it for me. If he is, you, you ever see the strawberries are this big. You go in the market, the, the fruits are not tiny. They're just huge. And you're like, what did they use? How, how do you get it like this? You know, we, we, we sit there, they get up, they serve you. And the food was just extraordinary every single day. There wasn't, oh, it's too salt, it's too fresh, it's nothing. You can, you eat everything you see. And people were, you, you see everything. You know, it's like, okay, it's so comfortable here. I didn't, everybody was like, oh, you don't want to go. This is happening, that is happening. We got up 6 o'clock every morning and we got back in at 5.30. Nothing. Nothing. We got there, it was raining, passed the pray about it. We did not have rain, no days. At night, it would rain. Morning, sun. And, and that proved to me that we can ask him for anything because yes. he's faithful. Yes. So trust me, you guys want to go. Okay, we got one more guy. Well, we got oh Rosa. Listen, I'm glad they're coming up. Aren't y'all enjoying this? I know that they're having a hard time explaining it to you because it's really difficult to explain. So Rosa did so good. She was a trooper. And then after that, I'm going to turn Justin loose. Amen. Well, when it, uh, Pastor Lisa first, I remember, said they were going to have a meeting here for Israel. You know, sometimes we get kind of afraid and, you know, and they said the money how much money and I was walking out the door and the Lord said that's not that's only pennies what are you doing so I walked back and I said at the meeting and I said okay Lord I will obey you I will my money came you know thank you for the people that helped you know I and I think that uh I have been fighting with my leg, and people know that. It was hard for me. My leg has been bothering me, but that wasn't going to stop me. That was not going to be stop me from going. So because of all the people that were there to help me, I made it. I made it through, and, you know, and even though I got there the next day, I know that the enemy was attacking me because I got so sick. I got really sick. I don't know, but... I remember that everybody started praying on the bus for me. And, uh, and I thank Justin because he jumped, jumped up right away to be at my aid. But you know that I never got sick again? I, you know, the, all the days, no sickness, no nothing. Well, I was there, you know, I was asking God because as, as a missionary, I want to be more filled with things to take to my people. The people that I have to minister up in Honduras, even though they're going right now through a lot of trials, and I needed to know what God, what can I do for these people to help them? Because, you know, sometimes, even though we're far away, they call me with their problems, but I always would, they would ask me to pray for them. 
But I would say, no, Father God, it's not for me to pray for them. It's for them to pray for themselves. And now what I'm doing is I'm sending scriptures to them that God puts in my heart that they need to to read the word and they need to, to know the word of God and they need to stand on that scripture. And this is what God gave me in Israel. You can do for people, but they got to do for themselves. When, we were, when I was praying in Mount Olive, you know, I was praying. I said, Father God, I need you to help me. Because if I'm going to be your short, if I'm going to be your minister, I need for you to teach me. Teach me how to pray. Teach me to teach these people about you. Because they need to know about God. They need to know that who he is, what he is in their lives. Not just because we help them. Not just because we go and give them. It's because they need to know who their God is. And he's a big God. But we have to understand that. We have to let them know that, not, that the word is true. Whatever they read in that Bible, whatever scripture, they have to stand on that scripture. And that's what they're going to believe in. Because if they, if they don't believe in the word, they're not going to be nothing. Nothing's going to happen. You know, and this is what I came back with. I came back stronger. I came back more because even my leg is not hurting that much. And I thank God. And even my, my, my husband said, because he, he tells my sons everything. He says, your mom just came back, and she's already getting ready to go to Honduras. And my son says, mom, you're going? Yes, I'm leaving March the 16th. You know, because God gives you a vacation. This was our vacation. We learned. We did. We all, we all got, it was just a happy family together. We were all so happy. But now it's time to go do his work. So I'm here, and I just want to thank everybody that really helped and gave us that helping hand from the bottom of my heart. Because you planted to good seed. It was good ground that you all planted. And you all are going to get a great reward. Thank you. I'm officially a rabbi now. The rabbi over there blessed me, and they, uh, they blessed me with the... The rabbi, uh, what is this thing? The prayer shawl. So now when I want to pray in church, I just go like this, and I can pray in tongues. <clears throat> now, the trip was amazing. Something, um, it's a, Mary Fran told me when we were on our way down, she says, expect the supernatural to happen for you guys. And really that stirred in me, and I shared it with the bus, and she says, expect the demonstrations of God to manifest for you while you're there. We had so many demonstrations of just things open up. So one thing last year she told me, you know, we came back and Mary Fran showed up and she says, you know, you know how she is. She's talking to you and you don't understand a word she's saying. And she says, you know, and I was like, thank you so much for paying my way to go to Israel. And she says, oh, that's, that's nothing. She says, It'll, you know, you're, you're going to go again. And I was like, I got baptized in the Jordan River. And she says, yes, and you'll baptize many more. And I'm like thinking, what in the world is she talking about? I'm, I'm probably not going back to Israel. Well, then... Mom plans this trip. We get to the Jordan River, and it's freezing. So mom goes, guess what, Justin? You're baptizing everybody. (laughs) So I baptized 16 people in the Jordan River, and it was freezing cold. (laughs) But it was amazing because I wanted, I didn't care about the cold water because I wanted to share the same experience that I got to experience. And so many things happened. First thing was the rain stopped. They said, oh, it's been raining for weeks. Blah, blah, blah. We got there, quit. 
didn't, didn't start until after we left. Second thing that happened is we weren't going to be allowed. Every time, you know, Satan was working hand. I mean, Pete, like Rosa, we'd just be on the bus, something, you know, she got sick on the bus. Next thing you know, everyone's handing her the, the bags and we're, you know, and then the IDF can't meet and all these things are just, you know, falling apart. And, um, you know, I've been listening to Mark Hankins on prayer and the power of prayer. And, you know, and um, at Doug's church a couple months ago, Mary Fran walked up and she was preaching. And you know how she'll be preaching. And she'll just walk and says, why aren't we seeing the demonstrations of the spirit? And she like looked me in the eye and then she kept going. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, why is she talking to me? You know, <laughs> so they said, we're not going to be able to meet the soldiers. Cause you know, we did the banquet last year. We gave all the money to the soldiers and we're not going to get to see them now. And it was snow. I mean, the, they sent me a video and the wind's blowing and there's a storm raging. And so me and mom grabbed hands and we walked off. I don't know where we were at. We were at somewhere up near there in this, you know, arc, um, whatever, old place, old city. And me and mom grabbed hands and we prayed. We said, God, you said in your word that what we ask to any two touching, we shall have it. And we weather change in Jesus' name. Doors open, angels go before us and open the way now. Within like 15 minutes, I'm on the phone with Huey back and forth. And he's saying, oh, you know, I don't, the weather's changing a little bit. Maybe I can get a few of the soldiers. I'm not sure. Let me call them back. So we're playing this phone game. And the tour guide's guide says, you got 10 minutes to figure out because we got to head back south. And um, I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. We came all the way out here. We want to see the soldiers. Well, lo and behold, right as we're getting on the bus, I get a call back, and he says, we got three soldiers coming. Can you be there in 40 minutes? And the bus driver says, yes, we can do it. We can make it, but we have to hurry. We have much to see. And so we had to explain to him, this was more important than seeing everything else because our church was so invested. And um, so we got to, we get up there, and it is pure clear. I mean, crystal clear. The soldiers come out. They tell us about what they're doing. And we got to pray over the soldiers. Not only that, it opened up again. Me and dad got to go back to the base. We walked around. We loved on and we hugged him. It's amazing how much they're like, thank you so much. We feel like everyone in the world hates us, but you guys love us. And it's amazing, you know, and then so many people are asking us, why are you guys even here? Like, what, why would you take a vacation in Israel? You know, everybody hates this place. You know, me and dad were in the south of Israel, and they're like, why are you guys even here? We're like, well, we love the Bible. We love the Jews. And it just thrilled them because there's such a different mindset, and we're so blessed here. And our finances are so blessed because over there, um, it's very expensive, but a lot of them don't have money. And I remember, you know, me and Caleb got lost one night, and I'm trying to get on the train and use my car, and it's not working. So this girl buys me a ticket. So I just hand her some cash. And I was like, whatever. And she almost started crying. She's like, this is way too much. I'm like, oh, it's not even American. Ten, five, ten bucks is nothing. Here you go. And she just was like, oh, my gosh. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, uh, God bless you. We love you. <laughs> and we jumped on the train. And she was just like, what in the world just happened to me? It's like being generous is a new concept to them. And we're so blessed in this church to be able to. We went to a church there. And um, thank God for our church. The church there, they have one church that's like a non-denominal Russian Christian church, and, and it was good. But thank God for the word of faith. Thank God for prayer and knowing how to pray. Because there's one place out of the whole Israel, there's one little church that's, they're, they're pushing along. They've been there seven years, and they said it's hard. There's so much persecution. And then I'm like, man, we're so blessed in America. We, me and dad blessed them financially. We gave them a lot of money and they were like, thank you so much. And I'm like, man, we're rich. 
You know, I took a couple of the kids out, paid for their dinner, and they're just like, why would you do that? You know, you don't have to do that. I'm like, no, it's okay. We, you know, in America, we, you could buy your dinner, we pay for you. And, and to them, it was like a new concept of generosity that we learn. We're such in this world with Mark Hankins and us that we don't realize how much we, we're learning. And then we're such an oddity going over there to them. And one thing that I think was special to me about this trip was this thing is, an, is a menorah. And it looks weird, right? And the first time I went over and saw it, I was like, I thought it was some kind of like hoobie-joobie, you know, cast a spell or some like idol that, that you know, because they sell a lot of junk over there. They'll sell like anything. I mean, like this hand, good luck with an eye in it, and they want you to buy it. And, and at first, I didn't even know what this was. It's in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. And God told Moses to design it. And Moses, and I'm reading, I got this book from the tabernacle. It's huge. And he was talking about what Moses must have been thinking. He went up on the mountain, right? And God's showing him the Ark of the Covenant, showing him this. Seven days for seven, God worked six days and he rested seven. He says, I want you to burn this every night and I want it to smell all through the land. And I'm thinking, at first I'm like, what in the world is this thing? Well, the book of Numbers says that God gave Moses a vision of what he wanted him to build. When you go to Israel I'm listening to Keith Moore, and he's talking about God wants you to see multi-dimension. He says, we can see length, width, depth, and height, right? We can see touch, smell. But he says there's multiple dimensions in the spirit, and God wants you to see it. He wants to take you from glory to glory. Like she said, it's like a 4 or 5D trip. I mean, your, your brain is just getting overloaded. And until you see it, like imagine God had to show Moses what this looked like for him to build it. But imagine you going to Israel, you've never seen it. You don't, you don't, you know, reading the Old Testament, I'm going to love the Old Testament now because now I can see it. I got all these books that I bought over there. Now I can see. I used to read the Old Testament and God was making me read um, First and Second Kings back in the day. And I'm thinking, who, I don't even know who all these people are, Jehu and Hezekiah. When you get there, you realize all that comes to light, Hezekiah's tunnel, Jehu, what he did. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I love the Old Testament now. Before I would read it and go, oh, the Old Testament's great. All these kings died and went to war and yada, yada, yada. All right, let's go read about Jesus because that's about the only thing I understand. Now you're walking the, the Old Testament and the New are like right there. You think the Old Testament and the New are like so far spread apart. No, it's all in the same little area. Someone in the Old Testament was born, raised, died, and the New Testament born, raised, all in the same little spot. And so where this person fought a battle, then Jesus was preaching here. It's like, you know, it's, it's amazing. And so God I took me even the second trip. I got to just sit and hang out because before I'm running around taking pictures. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this rock. Look at this mountain. You know, <laughs> this is beautiful. Now I got to kind of sit down and just listen. And I feel like that um, in the book of Revelations, the angel came to John and he says, take the scroll and eat it and digest it, and he says it was sweet to his mouth, but then it was bitter to his stomach. I got a revelation of that. God is going to feed you, and he has to take you somewhere and see it and read it and, and, and hear it and digest it, and that's what the angel was. Every time he would give him something, he's given him a book or he's given him a scroll. John would eat it and take it in, so Israel is such a, you're going to go there one day, you're going to eat it, you're going to take it in, and all of a sudden something happened to John the Revelator. He saw visions and everything opened for him. So don't take lightly, oh, it's just we're going to go look at stuff. No, you're going to eat something. You may not be eating it physically, 
but you're eating spiritually, you're hearing the word, you're hearing, you're walking the land and you're just soaking it all up in like John did. And then he's digesting it and it says it got bitter to his stomach. I was so in turmoil after we left because there was just so much that happened. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is God doing with our church? Dad's talking about the millennial reign as we're driving back from Beersheba. He's like, oh, this place is going to look different in a few years. But it's imagine how close we are. That it's not, Israel's not so far away now. We've been there. We've seen it. The return of Jesus is so close and we've seen the place where it's going to be to where it's almost like thinking, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's such a close thing now that we got to get ready. And um, to me, the, the trip uh, just spiritually, it opens up other dimensions to you that you've never seen before. I mean, things were just, hit, just hitting me as I'm there. And I'm thinking, man, I thought, I already heard all this before, but Pastor Mark says, don't reject the watering process of the word. The seed was sown, but don't reject the watering of the word. And there's the watering process. Um, it just kept hitting me, the people and the love for the people. Um, my heart grew so much to them. And so if, if we ever go again, it's, it is a hard trip on your body. But if Jesus walked four days to ask his disciple one question, you can sit in a plane for one day and fly from Tel Aviv to Orlando. So... Thank you so much. I love our church. We had such a good time. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing. It helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.